everybody, Randy here. Before we get into the episode today, I want to thank one of our sponsors, and that is Gooder Sunglasses, G-O-O-D-R. Gooder makes $25 active sunglasses for anyone. I was up at Steamboat a couple weekends ago having a great ski trip, and actually one of my buddies brought, he had like three pairs of Gooder sunglasses, and we were wearing them while we were having beers down at the base of the mountain after a, a nice day of skiing. They look great in a ski environment. I want to talk to you about how good they are for golf as well. They are polarized sunglasses. They're lightweight. They're comfortable. They don't move when you swing. And like I said, they start at just $25. Whether you call them good or sunnies, shades, sunglasses, they all come with HD contrast and performance. In addition to being polarized, they're 100% UV protective. The frames are snug and lightweight with a comfortable fit to prevent bouncing so whether you're playing 18 you're heading out for a run or like i was just joining friends for some beers uh they they not only look great but they fit great too there's free u.s standard shipping on all orders over 50 dollars. they come with 30-day free returns they come with a one-year warranty so right now uh i encourage you i encourage you to try them out treat yourself to a pair or two go to gooder.com g-o-o-d-r.com get 15 percent off your entire order when you use the code TRAPDRAW, all one word, TRAPDRAW at checkout. Again, all orders over $50 get free shipping in the United States and get 15% off with code TRAPDRAW at www.goodr.com. Gooder sunglasses, look good, golf gooder. Thank them for sponsoring the TRAPDRAW. And now let's get into today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Trap Draw Podcast. My name is Randy. I am joined, as always, by my guy, Mr. Tron Carter, off of Extreme Dad Duty this weekend, which we'll talk about. First things first, Mr. TC, hello to you. How are you today? Big, I'm good. I'm good. I'm worried about you, though. You know, oh, I, I appreciate nobody that. needs to hide, hear anything from me on this one. This is this is your show today, bud. <laughs> um. Oh yeah, should we just get right into it? The Super Bowl, all that fun stuff, or were you talking about getting blocked by my one of my childhood heroes, Phil Mickelson, this weekend? I don't, I don't know where you want to start. No, actually, I wanted to start with. I know you're pretty <laughs> torn up about it. Uh, Prince Charles, get the oh, bid. Yeah, of course. I know. I'm a big royal family guy. Hate that for Prince Charles, and it sounds like Camila's got it too. Yeah, I'm a, and on the heels of her big, you know, the Queen's big announcement last week that she's going to be. Be referred to as Queen Queen Camilla when the time is right. So, you know, just a a, a true uh, you know good news coming with the bad news. Kind of I know T's and P's, T's and P's to them. You know, we'll, we'll monitor the situation as uh, as the vid progresses with them, but uh, definitely thinking about them. Oh, TC, how you holding up, big guy? Uh, we're we're fine. You know, we're we're totally fine. I. 
had some phone calls last night, just trying to process the loss. Right. Like that's, you know, the thing that's hard is when you have to mourn the end of a really fun season and it's, it's not fun, you know, it's, it's not enjoyable, but I, I do think through talking to people and sharing some of your favorite memories and moments, like it, I, I felt like I did a good job of, um, grieving and burying this Cincinnati Bengals season, if you will. I, I think, you know, the Super Bowl loss doesn't really change how much fun and how exciting the, the season in totality was. Of course, you know, winning a Super Bowl, having that validation. I, I really was so hoping to see the city of Cincinnati host a Super Bowl parade. I, I think that would have been really cool. But it's like beyond that, you know, it's still in 15, 20 years. Yeah, if they win a Super Bowl, that's cool. Like whether they won or lost, it was still going to be uh, such a fun season and probably one that, you know, I, I look back at and it's one of the more fond Bengals teams and, and collection of memories. So trying to keep some hashtag perspective, I guess, you know, maybe this is just me just trying to deal with it uh, in the only way I know how. But I, it just um, losing close games in big spots like that's the ultimate stomach punch right like had they gotten boat raced and and you know it was like 35 13 they lose it's like yeah okay you tip your cap the the other team's better but when it's when it's so close and you know we can talk a little bit about the officiating i I really don't want to like blame that i'm more just disappointed in that late holding call but that's what makes it tough so I don't know. Randy, at least your team didn't blow a 28 to three lead. (laughs) I know. That's, that's what I come back to too. It's like, uh, yeah, I, you know, everybody listening, I'm I'm sure your sports team has just as excruciating, uh, if not more so losses in some big spots. Uh, You know, it just felt so weird. The the end was so flat, right? Like it it just kind of, yeah, it did seem kind of ended. Um, that's that, like, that's where I'm left is just, you know, I, I, I'll bite my tongue on anything play calling or anything, you know, but like that last, you know, they had what, 45 seconds left. And I just feel cheated as a fan a little bit that we didn't get to see Burrow. Yeah. March him down and, you know, try to try to go for the touchdown. You know, I, I thought, and, and there are definitely some things that are, very valid to second guess. Right. And and I think, I guess just as a fan, like that's almost just adding punishment and misery, I think is like the next day when you start saying, cause it's like, Oh God, where do you stop? Like you you could second guess so many things, but I I do agree. I thought, you know, after the, they had the, the out route to chase, he gets up the field and then which was sick. That was such a, like that, that burst, like that's that last little move before he caught the ball was so good. Oh, I was going to say, and because Ramsey was kind of jumping that route and the, the ball yeah. placement and chase to kind of hold the route and then break it out at the last second. That was that was great. And yeah, then they get the completion for nine yards and it's second and one. They're near midfield. It, it like at that point, you're thinking, OK, we'll, we'll have a at worst. At it's worst, field goal. Yeah, yeah, at worst, we'll give McPherson a shot. Um, I mean, honestly, you just got to get it to like what would be like a 57, 58 yard field goal to, to where I'd be like, yeah. Oh yeah, plenty of leg. Um, the, the second and one play, I, 
I would love to learn more about that, right? It was the one Burrow threw deep down the right sideline. You know, the ball yeah. lands out of bounds. Never had a chance. That that was tough. Just felt I, like a wasted wasted play. Yeah. You know, kind of like taking the shot where it's like, hey, you know, get the first down, earn another, you know, earn four plays basically. Uh, and then like the third and one was where I just kind of struggled or third and one and third and two. Like I just struggled with – the personnel I struggled with, you know, like, and like in the moment too, like I texted you guys and I'm like, cause I, cause I was, I was, I was way behind in the game. We, we, we started recording the pod as yeah. soon as the, the Phoenix open finished and, yeah. you know, and that went to a playoff and, and, you know, so it's like, I missed the whole first half. So I kind of watched that, like fast forwarded through that, watched all the series on that and finally caught up by like beginning of the fourth quarter. And, um, but yeah, like that, I don't know, just like running an inside draw at like, unequivocally like the best player in the nfl um with like your like your third string like you know the, the third down Ryan. running back yeah, yeah exactly. like, I, like I, I don't know i just i struggle with that uh, it's like shit like get like get the ball to chase on a on an end around or on a sweep or something and, i, I really know. thought they were gonna they were gonna get chase because they used that play um believe against Tennessee and Kansas city. I mean, they had used that, that sweet play with chase prior. And especially when LA, you know, they were, they were shifting their defensive line really to one side. Um, I, you know, I won't pretend to be like a a football mind, but it seems like you get chase or hell even run it with Boyd or, or another receiver, right. Get, get a little jet sweep or get like opposite where they mixing in there. Like it feels like totally, it feels it feels very disconnected from what down it was, right? Where it's like yeah. it's third, it's third and one and third and two. Like, why isn't your Pro Bowl running back in the game? Right. You know, that's kind of where I'm at. And then on the fourth down, like, you know, I mean, you got to give a, a bunch of credit to the Rams. Like, they just they 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 got after the ball and and you know, it, but but man, it was just it was such a frustrating end because it didn't have to be like that, right? And and, and even on that fourth and one, that's again where I, like what do I trust the most is somehow if you can just get Jamar chase the ball in a little bit of space out on the edge, like I I trust him to find a way to get a yard and a half in a first down. So whether that's, you know, just a a quick almost screen type throw, right. Or, or getting them in a jet sweep action. I just feel like chase is such a powerful runner um, that getting him in space I felt like for a yard, yard and a half would have been great. Um, yeah, it, it just. It all sucks too. Cause it's on the heels of that, you know, that bad defensive holding call, which I know they missed a call on the, of on course. the T Higgins touchdown and all that, but like all game, they'd let, they'd been letting them play. That's right? the and thing they, they had established how they were calling the game. And it was like, guys, we're letting you play. You know, all through the first half on replays, both teams, I'm not saying the Rams, but you see the defensive backs, you know, grabbing jerseys, a little bit of a tug as as receivers are coming out of their routes. Of course, hand fighting uh, Higgins in the hand fight. Like, I don't think the face mask was purposeful was by any means. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think having dictated that the game was going to be that way and then on one of the biggest plays of the game uh to to call what was really a ticky tack penalty it, yeah it's just disappointing i i think yeah. you know the rams might 
if they don't call that and the Rams score on fourth and goal, like, great. Like that's, I, I would love to see the game decided like, by like the, the players Rams, on the field. And like the Rams, I was almost thinking, Oh shit, the Rams scored too quickly. Yeah. You know, they gave Burrow a shitload of time here. We're, I know. You know, and like, even on that play that, that, you know, like there should have been a false start on that play too. Like they totally missed that. It's yeah, crazy. Which I didn't really like, I mean, notice I guess last like kind night. Of a, yeah. Kind of a fitting end to like what was one of the shittiest officiating seasons in the history of the NFL, which is saying something, right? Well, yeah. And like, it, it was a good touchdown drive too. I, I think the Stafford yeah. no oh, look pass to, oh. to cup over the middle was like Crazy. one of the throws of the season, probably one of the best throws of Stafford's career. Um, and cups just, you know, cup was just a force of nature. Right. Like, you know, like yeah. Stafford, Stafford came out and did what he was capable of. And he also did what he's known for as well. Like yeah. with the Jesse right. Bates interception there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So a, a few like big, big turning points in my opinion were, the second interception by Stafford right on the heels of the big Higgins play. Um, if the Bengals can turn that into seven, yeah. they go up 24 to 13. I think that totally changes the whole tenor of the game. Right. Um, so that was, you know, credit to the Rams for getting a big stop there defensively, holding them to a field goal. And then obviously that, that last drive, um, the fourth, like McVay's fourth and one call with cup, right? Like that's what I was dying for the Bengals to use with chase mm-hmm. uh, that, that sweep to cup, you know, just get the ball in your best player in a little bit of space and trust that he's going to get the yardage. And yeah, the, the holding, I, I think you texted right as burrow was coming out for that final drive. Like, you know, this is sweet seeing him in this spot. And I totally agree. It just is a shame because it felt like, like the Bengals just couldn't block him at the end. And no. I, I feel like I, mean, it I don't, I don't think anybody's hands a little bit. Like, I think if you had the best offensive line in the, in the league, like I still don't think they're blocking that front at the end of that game. Yeah. <laughs> like those guys are coming downhill, <laughs> yeah. coming after it. Yeah. They uh, had their ears pinned back. I know that God, just like, I saw where the Bengals went, ran one screenplay all game, which is yeah. a little bit mind-boggling, um, given that those guys were just pinning their ears back. Uh, so, yeah, that one's, you know, it's – it's unfortunately, it's what just going to be a bunch of what-ifs, I think, for a while. I mean, I think on the positive side, like, Bengals' defensive line played exceptionally well. The whole defense played exceptionally well, like, except for – like, and that's where I go back to pre-agency, like – the Trey Waynes, Mackenzie Alexander free agent signings, like they've they've hit in free agency a few times over the last two years, three years, but like they just they just whiffed on the corners, right? And those are two, you know, I think Mackenzie Alex or I think Trey Waynes is like their biggest Trey cap Waynes hit, was, right? Yeah, Trey Waynes was like the most money they invested at, at the yeah. cornerback spot. Um, and so they're left hit, you know, playing fucking Eli Apple is just like the definition of like fuckboy trash. Tough day for Eli Apple. You know, I will say this for Eli Apple. He was having a very good second half of the season. Um, he he wasn't helping himself. He brought on a lot of the karma and people wanting to take <laughs> yeah, shots half at the him. League. Yeah, half the league was shitting on him on Twitter last night. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't – part of me is like, well, you kind of brought this on yourself, dude. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting where they go because I think – 
Apple's a free agent. Wayne's, I think they'll cut. So they'll yeah. they'll have to add a, a couple pieces. But Hilton will be back. Awuzie will be back. Um, I mean, Hilton was one of the best values of the last yeah. five years of free agency yeah. for anybody. You know, they, they got to figure out Jesse Bates. He's an unrestricted free agent. Um, I feel like he's, feel he's like earned a probably, large paycheck. Yeah, I feel like they'll probably franchise him. I mean, at worst, right? I I hope so. He just is like he's really grown into a team leader too. So I really hope he's yeah. back. Uh, just because I I think he brings a ton of leadership as well. It's obviously been in the system. Um, but yeah, then it's you know it goes it makes they going got- into the draft a lot easier. It's just like offensive line and. Yeah. Uh, honestly, like if there's a defensive line guy in the mid rounds or, you know, if, if if you want to get a little cute later in the draft, but man, it seems like those first three picks have to be offensive linemen. Yeah. I mean, cause readers are a stud, you know, interior D line. Like he's, he's yeah. been reader and Hendrickson there. Like I, I think uh, they've got a shitload of money to spend too, which they do. You know, use that locking up your current nucleus. Right. I know. Um, you know, I mean, I know Chase and Burrow, they can't even, talk about extensions with them for until you know for another two and seasons Higgins, i think you know and yeah. higgins too yeah. um how long is boyd signed for boyd i think has another year at least uh and then maybe some options yeah uzama is uh unrestricted i gotta think like if if they can agree to the money i gotta think he would want to come back to cincinnati that'll be interesting yeah. though what what they want to do at tight end um yeah, I'm trying to think other Larry Ogunjobi who got hurt, but he was really good for him this year. Defensive yeah. line, a buy low guy from the, is an unrestricted guy. Yeah, yeah, so we'll see. I I was under the so I guess Trey Henderson is signed. Um, I, I guess the way they structured that contract was it, it gave the There's Bengals no guaranteed some outs. money after yeah. year one, but yeah, they can certainly. I got you know they got to bring him back. Him. He and Hubbard yeah. were were fantastic yeah that that defensive line play man the way they were shutting down the rams rushing yeah. attack was really impressive um and wilson's great you know lb yeah. they just need a couple more like you know rangy yeah outside linebacker types but yeah. uh what did good bar say so good bar my brother-in-law yeah he and my sister went out to the game they had won the opportunity to buy tickets through their bengal season ticket holders so they made the trek out there i had such a good time <laughs> He sent me a picture the other night of him just pumping his big ass cigar. At yes, Julio yeah, concert. yeah, they, yeah. They they got tickets to some like ticketed pre party Saturday night. So he was like, "Coolio boy, I got my cigars." Uh, I texted him. Well, we're recording on Monday. I texted him Sunday morning. Was like, "How'd you sleep last night?" Like, you know, because this is you know Christmas Eve times a million for Good Bar. Uh, Bengals being in the Super Bowl. I didn't know if he'd be nervous or, you know, maybe fitful sleep. He's like, oh, boy, I slept great. I was so hammered last night. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, you know, he said, uh, first and foremost, he was like, dude, SoFi is it's the all, best stadium unreal. I've ever seen. Yeah, It's like space age shit, man. But like in the best way. Yeah, yeah. He, um, Gabar takes losses really well. I, I got to give him credit. He He's had a lot of practice. Yeah, he just moves on. Um, you know, the future's bright. I, I think we're Bengals fans. The the water that we're treading in now is like, man, this is just the start. Like we have such a good foundation. 
but then also with the realization that like just nothing in the NFL is guaranteed and the nature of the playoffs being one and done, you, you just don't know when and if that next Super Bowl chance is going to come. So I think everybody's like cautiously optimistic. Yeah, you know, I think this Bengals nucleus should maybe make another one or two Super Bowls, hopefully over the next several years. But at the same time, I, I want to be like realistic and recognize there are no yeah. guarantees. Um, the uh, I think the, you know, and, and like just from a health perspective too, like another scare with Burrow. You're right. We'll see what's what's going on with the knee, but you know, it's like that. That it's it's fragile. You know, it, like it's shit, very shit's much fragile. So. Yeah. So. Uh, our buddy Scott was out there as well. He sent me some funny texts last night. He was like, "I had such an awesome experience. Of course, disappointed the Bengals lost." He was like, "I wasn't mad at all until I was walking out of the stadium, like right after the game ended. He wasn't sticking around for the ceremony, and he was like." All of these Ram fans were just leaving the stadium. He was like, what the hell? You, your team just won the Super Bowl and you guys are just leaving? He was like, that pissed me off more than anything was like these quote-unquote Rams fans just, oh, yeah, we, I guess we just won the Super Bowl. Like, let's head out instead of – He's a long-time six-year Rams fan. Yeah, exactly. He was like, God, I wanted to fight so many people at that moment. Um and he's like, he got back to the hotel. He texted me. He's like, man, I just ordered a double cheeseburger. This is like the loneliest, saddest meal of my life. <laughs> so I was laughing a little bit about that. But yeah, I think, you know, a, a win. Like with Scott, Scott, like Scott lives in, in St. Louis, right? Right. Yeah, he does. I mean, at least he can go back to St. Louis and like tell those people. That taste <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so that was a little funny, but I think. The, the the tenor that I heard throughout the weekend was a lot of Bengals fans out in L.A., um, just a great time. You know, Grater's Ice Cream had their truck out there serving, serving yeah. Grater's Ice Cream. It just was – it was a really fun destination, I think, for Cincinnati fans. A lot of them, whether in Ohio or around the Midwest, uh, to be able to get out to L.A. and 80 degrees and sunny, it, it, it just made for a great yeah. weekend. So, um, nice. Yeah, I need to catch up with uh, Neil's buddy. The Mills was out there. Ross, Ross okay. was out there for it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But but yeah, I had, I had a couple of buddies go out. Um, couple couple of high school buddies go out. That uh, you know, same deal. They're like, dude, it was surreal. Like you know, they were rooting <laughs> for the Rams, obviously. But um, yeah, I mean, just like like I can't imagine how long it would have taken to to, to leave the stadium. Like, I mean. Like, like the the uh, NFC, uh, like that like that week eighteen game, right? That we went to. I mean, we we probably hung out for an extra hour and a half after the game in the box, and it was still like it still took us two and a half three hours to like get out of the parking lot. Oh, Even, yeah, so you know, it's just it's like it's yeah. nuts. Right, right. So there's no sense in like leaving early, you know? Yeah, exactly, so. exactly. Um, Right. That was, <laughs> I just laughed. That was what pissed Scott off so much. Uh, speaking of McVay and the Rams, I, I don't want to take away like some great stories, right? Obviously McVay gets a, a Super Bowl title, but Aaron Donald caps uh, a hall of fame career. Right. I, I think just yeah. as a general fan, it's awesome that, that he has the ring. Whitworth is another guy personally, you know, being a Bengal and knowing what he went through here. Um, 
obviously NFL won, man of the year won the man of the year award yeah for Trap him to get the, guest. for him, for him to get to get a ring too is is the culmination of a great career i think what's going to be really interesting is like all three of those guys there are rumors to varying degrees that they could all retire like this rams team might really change after one this. and done yeah. yeah well and they're like they're gonna be in cap hell for the next exactly you know, three years um they're on the saints plan right now and it's just a matter of when they when they kind of pay it off when they pay off the credit card but um but yeah it, like i think mcveigh i don't know i mean i can't you know i talked to buddies about it and they're like dude there's no way he's way too competitive and like wait you know and i'm like man like he's been absolutely grinding for the last 15 years he's been working like 110 120 hours a week yeah just, you know out of control and uh i mean at some point that catches up with you and i think you'd be great at tv like i, I feel like he's on the john madden plan now, you know i've seen some people kind of mentioning that but That's got his super bowl and now he's kind of got it you know he's got ultimate flexibility now to where you know he doesn't have that, that hanging over his head um you know, and then Stafford even too, like he's kind of, he's due for, yeah. you know, an extension of some sort, you know, like I, I, I guess where I'm struggling is the Donald stuff. Like, is he just, dude seems like he's at the complete, like, you know, and this was what his eighth season and he seems so. like he's at the complete top of his game. I mean, walking away now would be certainly a power move, but it seems like he's got a hell of a lot more good football to play. And, and that's, I, football is unique in that respect because you know, if it was baseball, basketball, the, the one thing I never, you, nobody really knows is just the physical toll. Yeah. And so well, especially I, playing D line. Exactly. That's why I guess I wouldn't be surprised if yeah. a guy like Donald decided to, to call it quits, but you're right. It's, it'd be going away at the, what seems like still the apex of uh, his talents. Um, I loved, I loved Weddle, um, like Weddle who got pulled out of, you know, retirement, like, like well into retirement in his post game last night. Um, he was just shitting all over Tom Telesco, the uh, Chargers GM for how, <laughs> you know, from like 2015, like before he even went to the Ravens, I was yeah. like, yo, like he didn't think I had anything left in the tank. Like, this is for you, Tom. Like, <laughs> like man, <laughs> he, Jesus, uh, that was seven years ago, man. I know he did. He looked you know, he took that shoulder injury early in the game. I guess he and I, tore his pectoral muscle. Oh, geez. That's a season ender, too. That's that's unbelievable. Because yeah. he was, yeah, he played after that. Um, no, just going back to McVay real quick, I, I think that's super interesting. It just, obviously, we know these these coaches are, you, you got to be wired a bit differently to, to succeed and thrive in that type of environment where you're just grinding uh, for so much of, of the year. It's really interesting though, where, you know, you win a ring and like just human nature has to suggest just the relief and the, the, the hardest thing I think is after you reach that mountaintop to then start all over. Right. And it's like, and, and that's, well, and probably yeah. also that that feeling of like, oh, this is it, right? Like a little know, bit of that too, right? Yeah, you want to just go back and you know do it all over again. So I think, yeah, that's a. Um, I, I guess know, what like, I'm saying is it makes crazy it, dynamic. Yeah, it just know? makes it really intriguing if it's like, okay, you know what? Why don't I take a step back? I can go make a couple million a year yeah. calling NFL games. Be 
yeah, you're exactly right. It's the Madden, it's the Gruden. And as soon as that itch comes back to compete again, like teams will absolutely line up and for Sean McVay, right? And that could be when he's, he, he could still be like 45 years old. Um, like nine, like in a, in a decade, he's still one of the youngest coaches in the league. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and has seen, you know, and has learned and seen all this different stuff, um, you know, kind of traveling around the game. Cause like, I think that's the thing to, you know, keep in mind here. Like his, his, his grandpa was a coach and then, and then, you know, personnel guy as well. And so he, you know, he grinded his whole life and didn't, you know, and then his dad was like, his dad didn't become a coach. Cause he was like, I don't like, I like, I want to spend more time with my family basically. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that's just an interesting dynamic. I think, um, Definitely. I think other, other injury wise, you had OBJ. Seems like he, I, I, and I really did feel bad for him that that was that was a real yeah, shame brutal. I mean it, yeah. it helped the Bengals like that 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 was the turning played, point of the game right that played yeah. such a big role in the game yeah um credit to the again credit to the Rams for overcoming that and finding a way to win uh, just stinks you know I, well that's the crazy part too is like they, you know that's the second one of the year too with like Woods going down yeah they, they, they won they won the Super Bowl with like I know Cup was kind of the de facto like NFL MVP or like offensive player of the year, but man, like, like losing Robert Woods, like that's like, like Robert Woods is the straw that stirs the drink in that offense, mm -hmm. you know, between his blocking and his route running and all that. And Van Jefferson stepped up admirably, but like, he's just not dynamic in relation to, right. You know, a Woods or a, or a Beckham. So, and, and they were missing Higby too, you know, who yeah. kind of yeah. turned into their, a, a real threat for him too in the passing game. So yeah, credit, obviously credit to the Rams and McVay. Um, be really interesting now with OBJ, you know, where, where he goes. Um, I don't think he'll be ready for the start of the next season. Mm -hmm. I, it's just a shame. I I'm glad, you know, he's another guy that <laughs> mixed feelings. I, but, you know, at least he I mean, has I think his ring. He's a certified I, I, malcontent, but you know, but he's also I, like, you know, he was on a prove it deal. He proved it. And then he, yeah. and then he gets screwed at the very end. Like that I know. sucks. That that's yeah. And so I guess if there is a silver lining, you know, they won the game. He obviously played a big role before the injury. And so he has that ring, um, which hopefully will give him a little bit of comfort uh, through his, his rehab and, and coming back. Hey everybody, sorry to interrupt, but I want to say today's episode is also brought to you by Whoop, the personalized digital fitness and health coach, an official fitness wearable of the PGA and LPGA tours. Whoop lets you monitor your recovery, sleep, training, and health with personalized recommendations and coaching feedback. Train smarter, recover faster, sleep better, and now feel healthier with Whoop and their all-new Whoop 4.0, the latest, most advanced fitness wearable on the market. The all-new 4.0 is smaller, smarter, and designed with new biometric tracking, including skin temperature, blood oxygen, and more. The device features a new smart alarm designed to wake you up feeling refreshed and ready to take on the day. Plus, it was designed with their new Anywhere technology, so you can wear it with their Whoop Body sensor-enhanced technical garments, boxers, shorts, compression tops, bracelets, leggings, and more. Just remove the band from the device and slide it into your garment of choice and you're discreetly tracking your daily activity with Whoop. 
I, I have to say one of my favorite features, and sheepishly, I, I just discovered it, is this alarm. Uh, you can set it to, you can either set it for a specific time to wake you up, or you can set it, which I like to do on weekends, you can set it to wake you up once you get to a certain recovery. So once you kind of turn green or get to a certain recovery amount or sleep amount, then your alarm will go off and wake you up, which I think is pretty cool. So I'd encourage everybody to, to give it a try. The all-new waterproof device is free when you sign up for Whoop 4.0 membership. For any members, if you have six months left of membership on your account, you can upgrade now and get the 4.0 for free. And right now, Whoop is offering 15% off when you use the code NLU15. That's NLU15 at checkout. So go to Whoop.com, W-H-O-O-P.com, enter nlu 1-5 at checkout to save 15%. Thank them very much for sponsoring the Trap Draw. And now back to the episode. The Bengals 0-3 in Super Bowls. They've lost by a combined 12 points. Yeah, that's tough. This game was just just big Cincinnati energy, right? Just excruciating, coming up on the, the short side of it. Uh, Another close loss to a California team, right? Their, their first two Super Bowls, they lost to Joe Montana and the 49ers. Um, and this one kind of fits pretty neatly right beside those two. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe the fourth time will be a, will be a charm. Um, but I think, you know what? I think the Bengals, you know, they covered the spread. They were obviously right in the game. They had a chance to, to win it. I, I think they acquitted themselves well. And I, I, I think, you know, the, the holes and the deficiencies are, are there for everybody to see and just trusting that you know, they go the to work and fix it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which that, that's kind of, to me, that's the most interesting thing about just the Bengals is, is their evolution as a franchise. Right. Of, of, right. Like, you know, I tweeted it yesterday and some of the Cincinnati people took offense <laughs> to it, but I'm like, no, like I, I, I'm, I, I'm on your side here. Like I'm, I, I'm, I'm a Bengals fan, right? But like, you know, I, I haven't lived and breathed and, and died with it, but like, like the whole, like, like Mike Brown is a, like a sort of, like, he's not a piece of shit, but like, he's a certified, like, he's like one of the worst owners in sports, right? There, yes. He's like Donald Sterling, like without being, like, he's like a non-racist version of Donald Sterling. So there are two lenses to look at Mike Brown through, I think, uh, or at least two, right? And, and one is if you, if you look at it purely through, how he has owned and operated the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, he's done a lot of crappy things. He's He's been cheap in a lot of well-documented areas. I mean, they still don't have a, a full-time dedicated indoor practice facility. Uh, Which is as, insane. As, like, as, as like, a team. Or our alma mater, Miami of Ohio. Right. Mac school. Like, they just built an indoor practice facility because they were one of the only Mac schools without one. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he essentially has held the city hostage, bent over a barrel in terms of stadium financing and stadium upgrades. He got a total sweetheart deal on, on the stadium stuff um, from then county commissioners who have then gone to work for the Bengals. So just some like really scummy relationships that way. Um, like just all the, all the joy that he's deprived from and <laughs> yeah. like essentially you, right? Like you're, you're how old? Right. 30, 38. 38. Yeah. 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 Like you for for the last for it's like since you've been seven or eight years old, like this dude has has basically, you know, put a cap on 
how much joy that you can derive from your favorite sports team. Like of that's course. fucked up. Yeah. So I, I, I get that. And I would never begrudge anybody feeling that way. The only other lens I wanted to mention, I said there were two lenses is if, if you look at him like as a man and on his principles, he, he is like, he, he lives what he preaches, right? He's the most down to earth. Um, like he's not driving Ferraris and Porsches around Cincinnati. Like he owns like probably late nineties, American made sedans. Um, he, Chevy, he, Chevy, right. Chevy Lumina. Like so, so it's not like he's lavish in his personal life and like poor when it comes to the Bengals. Uh, that's just who he is. And like he, he refused to take the, the naming rights money. Uh, you know, Paul Brown stadium, I believe is, I think it has to be the only stadium in all of professional sports that isn't sponsored. Uh, I mean, you got Wrigley Field, you got Lambeau Field, you got got a few, but yeah, Fenway Park, (laughs) there's a few out there, but yeah. Uh, Certainly the only stadium built in the last like 25 years that doesn't have a corporate sponsorship attached to it. And then like just little anecdotes, right? Like my mom, my mom's dad was friends with, uh, or new Hopalong Cassidy, the old Ohio State running back, right? And so when th- there's this picture of Hopalong Cassidy being presented with the Heisman Trophy, Paul Brown is presenting it. And my grandpa, who I never knew, he passed away before I was born. Uh, but my mom's dad is like there on the edge of the picture. Well, anyway, my mom sends that to Mike, to Mike Brown, like, hey, here's a picture of your dad, you know, nice written note explaining the circumstances. Not really expecting anything. I mean, Mike Brown writes back the nicest handwritten note uh, in a timely manner. You know, so it's just like stuff like that where it's like, you know, Mike, Mike Brown is a real throwback, I think is what I'm saying. And okay. there, I think he has personal redeeming qualities. But yes, that's, I, fair. I, that's I, fair. I'm I'm bottom lining it too much. with. <laughs> but, but no, you're exactly right. When you just look through the lens of how he has owned and operated the Bengals over the course of, you know, three decades or whatnot it's especially the ledger like, starting with, to turn, but it's still not great. Yeah. He's had a lot of, a lot of not great stuff. I would say, especially with like how his dad was so innovative and, and truly like a remarkable football guy, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, it seemed like things kind of started to, you know, there was a little window there with Marvin where he kind of let Marvin, Hey, we're going to do, you know, we're going to hire another scout. We're gonna, like just little shit. Right. But <laughs> To his credit, too. I mean, I guess like a reflection of someone is is your kids, right? It seems like he's got some good, very, very well-adjusted, intelligent kids and grandkids. And it seems like he, they, they raise them, you know, in a pretty humble, uh, modest way. I, I, yeah, there's a great athletic profile on Katie Blackburn, who is Mike Brown's daughter. She is essentially number two in the organization for the Bengals. Uh, I mean, kind of like de facto number one, right? For all intents and purposes. Yeah. yeah. Which I was telling you before the game, it's like, I feel like it's really underreported just how much success and how much stuff she is doing as a woman in such a male dominated league. Uh, I think is, she's the only, only contract negotiator in, in all of football. That's yeah. a woman. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, yeah, you sent that, that article about the granddaughter. Dude, so that then, was working for your hitters at pain. So then Katie's daughter, Elizabeth, uh, is kind of the next in line. She's really uh, beginning to 
gain a role with the Bengals. And yes, had had worked for Bain uh, out of college. And of course, that's a little problematic, but is now in with the Bengals and in charge of right now, a lot of the ramping up and modernizing the game day experience and the marketing and how the team presents itself. And so I, between what I've read about Katie Blackburn and now Elizabeth Blackburn, who's kind of the, the third generation um, underneath Mike Brown in a weird way, I, I kind of trust that the franchise is in good hands yeah. within the family. Like it's always going to be such a tight knit family run operation. And so I mean, it seems like it's in better hands the more, not to be morose or anything, but like the more things, like the more time passes, the better hands it's going to be in, I guess. Is, is I think that's right. And and I think right. we've we've started to see that even with Mike Brown. You know, he's 86. He's he's really taking yeah. a step back from the day-to-day stuff. Um, he's still kind of the, the ultimate decision maker in a lot of respects. But I, I think you're absolutely I, right. I think, you know, maybe the, the silver lining of it is the fact that they have this great window now and they can take full advantage of it, you know, if they want to, mm-hmm. because they don't have, because they don't have a bunch of bullshit cap stuff tied up from the last right. four or five years. Like they're not paying the piper for stuff. They, they have a clean slate moving forward, which I guess is, you know, kind of the, you know, but like, that's where I just get back to like, all right, like you, you got lucky as hell with your with, with with Burrow falling in your lap. Of course. And you finally let people like start doing their jobs a little bit more and not micromanaging. Like, look what happens, you know? Right, right. So. Yeah. Shout out Duke Tobin's kind of the the head yeah. player personnel guy. Um, obviously had a great offseason with a lot of the free agent signings. The proof will be in the pudding. It'll be really interesting how aggressive they get in free agency. And then, you know, I think the draft shouldn't hold a lot of surprises but but we'll see um so yeah uh, tc how was how was the halftime show uh i liked it i liked yeah. it it was nostalgic I'm a, right i'm a big dre guy so yeah i was gonna say it reminded me of like high school um yeah i need to watch it <laughs> you know i skipped through it when i was trying to catch yeah. up so they um i'm trying to think 50 cents it it was hanging upside down for the start of his song. You sent that Buckus, uh, uh, Dick Buckus tweet tweeted that it looks like inflation has hit 50 cent hard. Uh, he, yeah, he was, he was rocking a few extra LBs. Um, I thought Dre looked good. You know, Snoop Dogg, we've seen in a ton of commercials Dre He's have everywhere. A stroke or something like he, he was in bad shape there a couple of years ago. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. I, I think you're right. Um, um I, the, I did see I did see Bezos. Bezos looks like he's on <laughs> allegedly on all the performance enhancers. I mean, Bezos he's, just he's, has to be taking HGH and yeah. he's yoked out of his mind. Uh, yeah, yeah, just truly trying to like live an image. Um, that's fine. No, the other the other thing I was going to say about the halftime was some of the like uh, dancers and and so I like I love those people. There were some really good like dancers accompanying the uh some of the songs which was fun um what else we got going you got you got blocked by your favorite athlete uh, yeah should we Twitter. should we change gears uh, <laughs> yeah. uh really i don't know why so anybody that didn't see it um charlie hoffman after round one of the waste management 
took to social media, Instagram specifically, to bitch about having to take an extra penalty stroke when he had dropped twice and then placed his ball after originally hitting it into the water. Uh, he placed his ball, walked away from it before he played the shot, and the ball uh, moved and rolled into the water. So he had to take an extra penalty shot. And he connected that to you know, not being protected by the tour, the USGA being run by amateurs, um, and essentially like making the case like this is why guys are going to jump ship and go to different tours. Had tagged the Saudi International in the Instagram post. Well, like the first two comments to respond to Charlie Hoffman are Mickelson's like, oh, wholeheartedly agree, and Bryson like, I hear you, bro. And I don't know why it just ticked me off. Like Mickelson's been doing a lot of just shit baggery um for many years now and i can take a lot of it but i don't know what like it was just the straw that broke the camel's back i guess just so what do you tweet at so i tweeted like essentially my my whole point was and i knew i had to add mickelson right like you can't you can't call guys out so i I knew it was a little bit of like uh you're probably going to get blocked for this um but I was like, holy shit, guys. Like, if you want to go to Saudi Arabia, just just say you want the money and just go. Like, quit trying to find every little excuse to justify how you're like the PJ Tour is driving you to to go join the yeah. Saudi league. Um, because that's such that's God, that's such bullshit. Um so I tweeted that. I tagged Phil, tagged Bryson, and pretty much got the block shortly thereafter. Um, which I we talked know. about it a lot last night on the on the show. It was, uh, and I think we're all pretty aligned God. here, right? Like, yeah, like. Dude. But if you need me to say anything to him, I'm I'm happy to. I'm not blocked yet, right? Um, you know, I we're we kind of netted out where it seems like the the there's gonna be so much shit coming down the pike with Phil with I guess Armin or, or I get I guess Billy Walters has a book coming out. Uh, <laughs> Somebody Shipnuck's, else. I, I, Ship, well, Shipnuck's yeah. got his whole biography coming. Shipnuck's got that coming out. Like, I bet there's just all sorts of fucking landmines everywhere <laughs> that he's that he's about to walk through. So, you know, it it seems like kind of like, all right, like I'm I'm just gonna lean into it now. Which even then, it's like, all right, then just lean into it. Quit trying to. That's that's it. Be cute about it, right? Yeah. Like when he initially played in the Saudi event for the first time, he he kind of took that path. It was like you know what? You're going to be all right. Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm going over and doing it. You guys just have to deal with it. I, I almost appreciate if he took that same tact with this whole Saudi yeah. golf league, like just, like just say it's, you know what? It's a shit ton of money and I'm going to take it. And if but you guys have you a problem with it, now, I, yeah, yeah. I, I can't, I can't do anything about that. But it makes you question now all of the stuff that he does, you know, the whole shtick, now is brought into question it all feels funny of course and i think you know there's always been so many stories of especially fellow players who have never bought into uh, essentially saying you know the the shtick that everybody sees is not what the truth is and as a as a diehard mickelson fan all through (laughs) really you know since i started watching golf I, you know, you just, you build up a little cognitive dissonance. You, you believe what you want to believe. I mean, you're almost there for the whole show. Exactly. It's it's part of the, it's part of the mystique. Exactly. And so it's a little wink, wink. Yeah. Um, but I just, 
you know, this this type of like public fight um, about money and especially with Saudi Arabia being like the other party. Um, I think what I'm just most disappointed about is coming off the heels of winning a major at 51 years old. Like Mickelson should go into the sunset as one of the legends of golf, one of the most popular guys with the fans. And I just feel like he's doing it's a lot. Make, to... It still make tens of millions of dollars a year. So, like, I mean, like, like late into his seventies. Oh, like he could make six, $7 million a year on the champions tour. If he wanted to, you know, yeah, and that's and then, just and like on course. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Uh, so. so I just feel like he's doing a lot of self-inflicted damage to his reputation, his legacy. And I, at the end of the day, it's like, why man like you you have all the money you and your kids could ever spend like you don't have to play footsie with saudi arabia like you i don't know it just he, seems like, he so could needless. just be bored right like it's like like the why is like almost the almost the issue it's like because i can't because i don't i don't give a shit anymore you know I really like that's, that's an interesting theory because what makes that really interesting to me is like that's what people like that's how he played golf too, right? Where he just gets really yeah. bored playing by the book golf, and so yeah. he just has to change it well, up. Like one of the reasons we like him in the first yeah. place, you know. I know. So I, I do, I absolutely would listen to that. Where it's just like, yeah, I man, I'm kind of bored in my life. I've, I've done everything I want to do on a golf course. Like I'm ready for a fight. I'm ready for a challenge. Yeah. And I guess he obviously thinks this is it, but. I don't know. I just wish somebody close to him would tell him like, maybe this isn't the fight, you know, (laughs) maybe there's a better way to go about it. Um, Speaking of a better way to go about it. uh, You see the news on my boy urban his chop house closing TC. I did. I texted uh, some Columbus folks just T's and P's, you know, anytime uh, lasted uh, under a year. Under a year, Randy. Any time a premier steakhouse uh, in urban Columbus, no pun intended, closes, that's sad. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like where are people supposed to get a Shelly Teeny? Right. These days? You know? Right. I know. I, I hate um, it. I hate it for the people of Columbus. Um, you know. Hopefully it doesn't it affect. Hopefully it doesn't affect his his bar and grill up. His uh, poorhouse. Yeah, yeah, the poorhouse up north of the city. We can only hope. You know, this is a contained. Uh, situation just to the chop house. Yeah, I mean, Shetty was down in Palm Beach last night watching the Super Bowl. Maybe her big, big Mar-a-Lago weekend. <laughs> yeah. Him in the hood, man. Yeah. It sounded yeah. like. <laughs> yeah, love that. Um, what, what else? Oh what else God, how was your weekend, TC? Oh God. Yeah, we got some other news, but I want to know you, you had the boys all weekend. How how is that? They're great. I mean, the boys are great. Uh, you know, Gus is about a year and a half now. Freddie just turned five. My wife went to Dallas for for the weekend. Um, uh, some friends and and yeah, so I was just kind of left like, you know, hey, I you know, I got this. I got everything under control. We had a birthday party on got this. On, <laughs> well, we had ba- Freddie's basketball on on Saturday morning. We had a birthday party on Saturday afternoon. Um we ordered pizza. We scootered around the neighborhood 150 times. Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, they were like, by the time my wife walked in the door, you know, yesterday afternoon, I was like, oh, like, like, I appreciate you so much <laughs> for, yeah. for all the solo time that you spent with them. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, so yeah, we're getting there. And then, you know, today, Valentine's Day. So 
you know, Freddie claimed he has he has he has seven girlfriends. Oh, said. good for uh, including, in, including Carson, Neil's Neil's fiance. Ooh, ooh. Uh, Neil better yeah. watches. Yeah, Neil better watches back. Yeah. Uh, no, but it was you know I was exhausted by by <laughs> last night. So what was the uh, hard? Was the hardest the uh, the group birthday party? Was that the one? I, I the birthday like party said, was good. I actually okay. I got a babysitter to watch Gus during that because I didn't want him like you know running around. It was at a gymnastics facility. wreaking havoc. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then uh, then uh, the the basketball. Like whenever we take him to basketball, it's tough because Gus wants to go out, like run out of the court. That's really hard. Yeah. And you know, so and, and he's just, you know, Gus like does not sit still. Like I, he's like he he's a COVID baby. So like he like he he's never really been out to dinner before. <laughs> like he, oh, you know, yeah. like he, he hasn't yeah. really interacted like like a regular yeah. human being yet. So yeah, you know, it's it's he's very mobile. And basketball is hard because you you know, like soccer, baseball, outdoor sports, there's usually tons of room. They can just go run around, yeah. but basketball, you know, they're just squirming yeah. in the bleachers. There's really no room to let And them, I feel bad. Like you can't really bring snacks. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah. And then, you know, but I, I've gotten Freddie into dude. Perfect. Cause yeah. some of the other shit that he watches on, you know, <laughs> Netflix and YouTube and all that, I can't, I can't do So I'm like, yo, let's like, this is sick. Let's watch dude. Perfect. And he, yeah. he's into it now. So that's good. Um, Big ups to the then, Dude Perfect guys. I've spent many an hour with my nephews watching Dude Perfect, and they are captivated. And you know what? Yeah. As an adult, like I can get into it too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, God, what else we got going? I got oh, and then last night I'm booking. So my my cousin's getting married um, down in Austin, Texas, in about six weeks. Uh, the weekend after the Dell match play. And, um, I, uh, you know, I was, I was lining up flights and we're bringing the boys and, you know, so we've got infinite in arms for one of them. And then, so I got to buy three, three tickets. Right. So we're mm-hmm. connecting on the way there. Cause we need to get there in the morning on Friday and on the way back, there's a direct on American. So my wife and I got into a big fight and she's like, we're booking the direct on American. And it's, you know, it's like four, $450 per you know per ticket or whatever three tickets dui doug parker just just reaching his hand in my pocket not good man well why i thought i thought the jacks to houston was one of the main united lines out of no austin, austin. oh austin, austin, yeah. Austin, austin yeah so yeah, we're going yeah. through houston on the way and oh, okay, okay on the way okay. back there's a direct at like you know four or five p.m or oh. you know, 2 p.m from austin to jacks you're, you're brave so, tc you're very brave to <laughs> to to embark on a on an american flight with the family Awful. Oh, so uh, uh speaking of texas uh i saw art Bryles potentially yeah. headed to grambling with hugh jackson uh, what yeah. a... <laughs> speaking of shitbags <laughs> i mean those two meant for each other oh god are how does art Bryles how like how is he still a thing for any college football consideration. I, I don't it's understand crazy. it. Like he's like subhuman. Like, yes, exactly. You know, like I, I Hugh Jackson too. Hugh Jackson. I mean, you see like Jimmy Haslam's a piece of shit, but like Jimmy Haslam <laughs> chirping back at, at Hugh Jackson was like, was really good. You know, like, yo, like you've never once taken accountability or responsibility for anything that happened during your tenure here in Cleveland. Yeah. You know, yeah. 
So you had a pretty good run as OC for the Bengals for oh, a few I years. I kind of tricked everybody. I mean, he had know. slim, you know. He had, he had, yeah, he had some good, good athletes. Um, well, yeah, I mean, screw our Bryles. I that would be bad guy. That would be a travesty. Um, bad guy. Uh, also, man, I just t- tough scene. The post, the postal service is struggling. Man. I know. What's the? What's the? I haven't gotten a chance to read it. We we we've been saying this forever, but we we got to do a decade trap draw to the to the postal service at some point. But is there? It's a, it's a political football right now. They're trying okay. to buy new new. Tr- they're you know spending more on maintenance for all these trucks. Yeah, for all these postal trucks. So then you know, I guess they they were supposed to build them in Wisconsin. Now they're like, well, you know, unions aren't involved, so they're not going to build them in Wisconsin. The Democrats want them to be all green and everything. It's like, let's just get the fucking post office new trucks. So they don't have to spend two X yeah. on maintenance. And then, so then Neil, you know, I guess this Lewis, the joy guy, the current postmaster your boy. general, yeah, your boy, uh, you know, he, he warned at the beginning of the year, he was like, yo, like the mail is slowing down. Like first class mail is slowing down. And I think Neil's seen it firsthand with wedding RSVPs. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they basically had to like text everybody and be like, yo, like we haven't gotten anybody's RSVP. Like, are you coming or not? Um, you know, I, shit's I felt like bad because yeah, he asked me all the RSVP questions. I was like, oh, shit, I, you must not have gotten my RSVP. I actually, you know, I, I thought I sent it. <laughs> like, in. I, I tried to beat the deadline. Like, yeah. They stopped coming. Like he said, like they were getting them steadily. And then one day, like they just stopped coming. So it kind of makes you want, like, they're just, are they sitting in a post office somewhere? Like this was a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago. I'm like, you know, or like, are they, you know, like, like what else is getting lost? Like the mail is such a fundamental, like we can get shit delivered from Amazon in like four hours, but we can't get a fucking like you know, letter, like a, a piece of stationery from, from point A to point B in less than three weeks. It's crazy. It's, it's I've sent a few like, checks payments uh for the business that just have never arrived and i'm like, like this is you know basic stuff i've i i cancel the checks then but yeah part of me is just like huh i wonder where that check is sitting because yeah it's like let's have some pride let's it, let's, it, let's it never gets returned to me and, yeah and, well and, i know, you know like let's let's like pride uh, that's what i'm about tc like let's be a nation that has shit that works and and we build <laughs> stuff and make stuff and like our infrastructure sucks. We don't have a, a good train. Like, why can't we have just like some nice things? Is yeah. is or what gets me really that's fired like up. Not about to fall into the Ohio River, like the exactly. Five bridge. Exactly. Crazy. I know. You know, just know. have some pride. You know, ha- have some, have some. Exactly, have some pride. Um, uh, speaking of which, can I get an update on the on the Russian doping? Oh, juicy, juicy. They're gonna let this fifteen year old compete. So figure skating, um, this 15-year-old who's one of the best in the world, uh, she won, I think, a, the Paris competition last week. After winning the gold medal, a report came out that she had failed a drug test back in December, I believe, which I don't know how that doesn't come to light before. But anyway, um, so they had suspended giving him the medals, and they had temporarily, like, banned her from competing and then i guess an injunction came that allowed her to compete and then there was appeal against that well that appeal was dropped so long story short she can continue to compete and i think the ioc cited you know she's a minor right she's under 16 so she shouldn't be 
penalized as harshly. Um, you know, not letting her compete would cause potential irreparable damage to her as a person. All, all this, this is stuff. Like what, this is like what Charlie Hoffman wants. He wants protection exactly. from the rules. All this stuff where it's like, yeah, but also she's doping and she felt like, what are we doing here? You know, uh, I just saw before we started recording, you know, somebody tweeted, um, remember in the summer games, Richardson, the American sprinter, female sprinter, failed like a marijuana test and that was enough like she couldn't compete in the olympics and now we have russian figure skater who has failed a performance enhancing drug test and it's like oh yeah no go ahead go ahead it just the ioc it boils down to the ioc just being completely completely inept and like no consistent defined leadership from them i haven't watched any of it just because i you know i really like I can't bring myself to give a shit, right? It feels like, it almost feels like comedy, right? And then I was reading something today about all the snowboarders in a variety of different events are all pissed because like the judging is so arbitrary and, mm-hmm. and bad, um, you yeah. know, and not even like, you know, they're like, hey, like like guys that are winning even are like, yo, like, this is, <laughs> this is bullshit. Like I can't figure yeah. out like which round, you know, which runs of mine count for anything because there's no consistency yeah yeah the olympics they got it you want to talk about a hard reset like let's can we like get back to like what the olympics are supposed to be about i i need you to power rank the ioc the fifa and the ncaa in in terms of like from from least inept to most inept oh gosh um i really think the i think the ioc it would be my most inept one just brazenly uh like have taken bribes right well documented corrupt um the olympics have turned into such a boondoggle where like for this winter games it was beijing and kazakhstan were the only two people that wanted it because building out all this infrastructure is just so bad for cities because then they're left with yeah. just a ton of shit that they don't, they oh, yeah, don't okay. use. Yeah. yeah. So, and then all the drug testing and yada, yada, yada. I would say the IOC has screwed the pooch is the most reprehensible. Um, I would put the NCAA second. And that's not you're, to... You're crowning FIFA. I know. Wow. And that's not to like prop up fifa i guess i'm just less i'm the least familiar with with fifa's goings on so that's a bit of a blind spot but the ncaa for them to sit idly by over the last two three decades and let college athletics get to the point where it is now is such an abdication of any type of leadership at all it's it's stunning it's staggering so a part of me would want to rank like 1a 1b the ioc and the ncaa I'm would be happy to be educated on how dirty and scummy FIFA is, but I'm just not as aware of it, I guess. All right. All right. <laughs> well, I got a job. This was, this was a blast down and dirty with you. Was, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I know people, you know, Phil's cathartic. Talk about the Super Bowl. Um, we'll, we'll get back. Uh, I'm traveling this week. We we're filming a strapped undisclosed location. So, Folks can look forward to that. And then uh, 
yeah, I think March TC, we're going to do some NFL free agency. We got the Oscars pod, a lot of, a lot of good stuff coming up on the trap draw. So excited to uh, keep this train rolling. Amen, brother. Amen. Well, soak up the, uh, soak up the sorrows uh, during your travel today and, and, you know, go get some good content. Appreciate it, brother. Talk to you later. Favorite rapper, hey, now I'm your favorite trapper's favorite trapper. The absolute.